Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we finally got it. We finally got it. The much-anticipated consumer price index data, and it was, well, it was okay, I guess is one way to look at it. There was a little relief. But the silver lining was really not much uh, when you look at the actual data. So predictions were it was supposed to fall in April. Prices were supposed to fall in April, but they didn't fall as much as expected. So that would be a miss. They did not beat the street. It was a miss. And that could explain why we continue to see chaos on Wall Street. So year over year, The consumer price index for all urban consumers fell to 8.3%. That's down from 8.5% the previous month, but we're still seeing increases. Month over month, all items, the all items index saw an increase of 0.3%. So it's still moving up, but that was a big drop from what we saw in April, or excuse me, March, when we saw a 1.2% increase. So... Prices fell, but not as much as expected. That's not good. Uh, Core CPI also missed expectations, falling to 6.2% from 6.5% in March. However, economists had projected a fall to 6%. So very similar to CPI. I think they were projecting a 8.1%, a drop to 8.1%, missed expectations. So looking at the probably the most important item, because we need it in order to live, and that would be food. Prices continue to skyrocket. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's not good. Unfortunately, prices continue to show no signs of slowing with regards to food. In April, prices were up 9.4% year over year, thanks to another, I think for like four months in a row, prices are up 1% month over month. That is higher than what we saw in March when it was 8 And once again, unfortunately, meat, poultry, fish, and eggs, your proteins, continue to hold the top spot at 14.3% year-over-year inflation, thanks to a 1.7% month-over-month increase. Cereal and bakery products were up 10.3% year-over-year, and dairy which actually had the worst month-over-month increase, I think it was like 2.5%, is now up to 9.1% year-over-year. And then kind of bizarrely, food at home continues to outpace food away from home. So food you're eating at home, increasing more than if you went to a restaurant. Food at home now up 10.8% year-over-year compared to food away from home, which is only up only up 7.2%. And if there's one silver lining you can find in this report, energy prices. And it's it's barely there. Barely there. Energy prices were somewhat muted in April. Gas prices actually saw a decline month over month of 1%, but they're still up for or excuse me, 43% year over year. So not a lot of relief to consumers. Oh, 1% drop month over month, still up 43% year over year. And then electricity prices, they climbed almost 1% at 0.9% month over month. 
and are now up 11% year over year. Not good. And remember, core CPI removes food and energy. And so what's fascinating is that, okay, energy prices muted, food prices up a lot, but we're still seeing 6.2% year over year. So the little discretionary income that people have because food and energy prices are up, those prices are up as well. And like I said, if you're looking for a silver lining, maybe you can find it in used cars, maybe. So used cars and trucks actually saw another decline month over month, falling 0.6%. So now they're only up year over year, 22.7%, only up 22.7%. And new vehicles were up 1% month over month and are now up 13.2% year over year. And then, of course, the big category for us in the housing industry, shelter costs. Shelter costs continue to show no signs of slowing down. Sure, they fell 0.5% down from, I think, 0.6% the month before, but that's little help as shelter prices are seeing steady growth. You're seeing a little bit of movement, but it's still moving upwards. Rents and ownership were both up 4.8% year over year, and we did see a bigger monthly jump for rents up 0.5% versus ownership that was only up. 0.4% month over month. And that matters because a reminder, shelter costs make up one third of CPI. That is how it is weighted. And the fact that, you know, you look at rents, they're up 18% year over year. Home prices are up 20%. And so the fact that shelter costs are only 5%, what that tells you is that the way they calculate CPI. You're not going to obviously have 18 and 20% because not everybody is buying a home every year. Not everyone is renting every single month, renewing their lease. So it's kind of staggered in. So that means it's going to take a while for it to show, but it's also going to take a while. And I stress that a while for it to dissipate. And so that 4.8% number is probably going to be there for a while. And that is the problem for the Fed. So we are seeing a reduced inflation rate, which of course was a welcome sight, but inflation is not falling as much as we had expected. And as I mentioned, with shelter costs close to 5%, it's going to be hard to see a major reduction anytime soon, even if the Fed does cause a recession. Uh, Bill Dudley wrote in Bloomberg that the Fed might need to go significantly beyond neutral, which Jerome Powell has mentioned that they would have to go beyond neutral. But Dudley's saying it's going to be significantly beyond neutral if you want to have an impact on one of the biggest categories, and that is housing. And Dudley argues that the Fed's unwillingness to admit this could, quote, undermine its credibility And hence, its ability to do its job. If people lose faith in the Fed, we have a big problem. Because everyone's sitting here, you even saw Joe Biden talk about this on Tuesday. 
He's saying, hey, listen, the Fed's doing what it can do to help with inflation. But if people say, you know what, I don't trust the Fed, and the American people lose confidence in the Fed, <laughs> like I said, we have a bigger problem. So there's kind of a silver lining in this report that we did see a slight drop, but it didn't drop as much as expected. So continue to expect rate hikes from the Fed for the rest of the year. Now, speaking of unexpected, I'll admit I was kind of surprised by this by this report. So we always get this report on Wednesday, the Mortgage Bankers Association reporting what is happening that week for mortgage demand, or I should say the week before. So this is the week ending May the 6th, and mortgage applications, what do you think? Increase, decrease? What do you think? Remember last week, it was a surprising little bit of an increase. Another increase. 2%, a 2% week over week increase. Now, what do you think was causing that? Refis? or purchases. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course, obviously it was purchases. So the refi index decreased 2% from the previous week. They are now down 72% year over year. However, the purchase index increased 5% week over week. It is now only 8% lower than the same week one year ago. And that is, I mean, listen, it's down 8%, so I get that. It's down 8%. But when you look at mortgage rates and where they are, fascinating that it's only down 8%. So the average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 5.53% from where it was last week when it was 5.36%. That is a 200% and 32 basis point increase. 232 basis points. That is a gigantic increase. And yet, we're only seeing an 8% decrease in mortgage demand. That to me is kind of impressive in all honesty. Uh, The average contract interest rate for a 15-year fixed rate mortgage increased to 4.79% from 4.68% the week prior. That's a 230 basis point increase year over year. And the average contract interest rate for a 5-1 arm increased to 4.47% from 4.25% the week prior. That is also up a big amount, 190 basis points. And in case you're curious, yes, arms are increasing in activity. That's getting a lot of attention, increasing to 10.8% of total applications. Yeah, people are looking to find a way to save money. That's what they're doing. 10.8% is happening right now. And now, now, mind you, arms in 2022 are not the same as they were in 2005. So do not let the crash bros convince you that this is a sign of the end of times for the housing market. And then real quick, uh, the refinance share of mortgage activity did did decrease to 32.4% 
from 33.9% the previous. I mean, it's still pretty amazing that refinances are still a third of loan originations. <laughs> when you're looking at a 30-year fixed at 5.53%, that's still impressive any way you look at it. So we finally got it. The CPI, the inflation data, and if you want to find a silver lining, it is there. But for the most part, we're still looking at very, very high inflation in the markets. Clearly, are still concerned about that. You saw what happened yesterday on Wall Street. So yeah, you know where things are. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll be back here Friday morning for another edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>